Part four of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters ten to twelve. Chapter ten of the Lady Enya and of the gifts that she had from her birth. Now we leave Ewan to his fighting, and turn we to the lady that was there heavily cast down to be so left and be nothinged, for she was of all earthly women the most beautiful and the wisest in magic. Yet she had great need of such as would serve her truly, for her life was full of pain and perplexity, being divided in a strange manner between two realms. And this came of no sudden hap, for it fortuned so to her from her birth, and was according unto her nature, as I shall show you. First, then, she was of a high lineage, and descended out of fairy for her father was Sir Olga, Lord of Kerioc, that lies over beside Broceliand, and her mother was called the Lady Aelin of Ireland, and she came of the kindred of Phelim of the She, that was called Phelim of the Nine Shapes, by reason that she could take on her nine shapes, and each more beautiful than other. Therefore the Lady Aelin would have called her daughter Phelima, but Sir Olga named her with the name of Enya, and she was called thereby all her life-days, as for her earthly name. But of her elfin nature she had other names, as was but reason, and in especial one name she had, that none ever knew but Ewan only. So of that name I shall make no more matter. Now when the Lady Aelin had been some while wedded, and was looking for her child to be born presently, upon a night she lay abed in the castle of Kerioc, and midnight was two hours past, and there was none waking but that lady alone. And in her chamber was a fire of wood burning, for the year was still cold and hard, and the fire was bright and cast upon the wall of the chamber, both light and shadow, and Aelin lay so upon her bed, that she saw not the window, but the wall only, and she perceived that the shadow upon it was the shadow of her nurse, that was fallen asleep beside the hearthstone. Nevertheless, though the nurse slept, yet were there voices in the chamber, as of two women beside the fire, and Aelin knew well that they were fays or women of the she, seeing that there were upon the wall no shadows of them, but only of the nurse. So she lay still to hearken what they would say, and one said, The child shall be a woman, and I give her the gifts of womanhood, for her skin shall be white as the swans of Angus and her eyes grey like the dawn, and the colour of her cheeks soft like the sunset. And she shall be loved by a hundred knights and one, and her love shall be to her true lover, both meat and madness, like the wild honey of Aroy. And so is my giving done. And the other said, The child shall be a fay, and I shall give her the gifts of fairy, for she shall hold of me the realm of Alador, that was the rhymer's heritage and of her own magic she shall come thereto and therefrom all her days. And so is my giving done. Then the two voices fell silent, and Aelin turned upon her bed, that she might see after what likeness they were that had spoken. And she saw no one by the fire save the nurse only. But in that moment came the moon, going downwards to the sea, and a beam of her shining entered into the chamber and lay upon the floor, and so moved across the floor and came to the hearthstone, 
and in that beam Aelin saw plainly how there stood two shapes of women between the bedside and the hearth, and they were grey shapes and thin as air, for she saw behind them the fire burning and the embers of it, but she saw it some deal faint, as it were behind two wisps of smoke. Then those two fays drew near to her, and stood by the bedside, and the one of them touched her head, and the other touched her hand, and at the touch of them her blood was made heavy, and she slept deep beyond voice or vision, and in the morning when she awoke she found in her hand a golden key, and upon her head she found also a golden comb that she knew not, and by the tokens of the key and the comb she had certainty of that which she had heard and seen but of the meaning thereof she held great debate with herself and might not be satisfied and she thought to take counsel of her kindred when she should come again into ireland but to sir ogre that was her husband she said nothing of the matter for he was a man that had no dreams neither by night neither by day then in a short space thereafter the child was born that was called enya and she was heir to her father and her mother both for other child they had none man nor maid but this one only and she was a wise child and a beautiful but always she made for herself a way and walked in it and when she was come to seven year and it was the day of her birth she played in the castle of kerioc all such games as she would and at the last she came into her mother's chamber and there found a little chest and opened it and in the chest was a comb of gold and a key of the same and the key she left there lying but the comb she laid into her hair and stood before a mirror and preened herself then came her mother suddenly and took the comb from her and gave her instead the key of gold to make her a game therewith and right so the child was gone from the place and she was seen no more in kerioc for the space of three hours then before night she came again with the like swiftness and she was no whit weary or hungry or afeard but she greeted her mother dearly as one that had been long gone from her into a far country and afterwards the child said how that she had been in Alador, and the time that she had been there was by her deeming three years for she said firmly that she had seen the cowslips there three several times and three times had gathered them all fresh in their springing and thereat her father laughed out as a man will laugh that hath the better knowledge but the lady aelin perceived that she spoke truth and as the child had said so it was with her many times thereafter for she came and went by her own magic and that was by the gift that she had of fairy chapter eleven how the lady aelin departed out of this life and of the counsel that she gave to her daughter enya then with the years so passing the time came that enya was a damsel grown and many knights sought her love and many asked to have her in marriage and it happened at this time that her mother the lady aelin was taken with sickness and though her malady was but light to the deeming of such as saw her and heard her speak thereof yet inwardly she knew that the end of it was to be by death only so upon a day she lay in her chamber in the castle of kerioc and enya sat there beside her 
and they talked together of this and of that and at the last the lady ailin ceased from talking and then she spoke to enya again and said my daughter i would not have you parted from me by blindness as others are parted from me for they deem that in the spring i shall be healed of this my malady whereas i know inwardly that before the thorn is hoar i must be otherwhere and of that beloved i say no more for you too shall one day pass out by this gate and i bid you to the tryst after death but as for your earthly life i have a counsel for you that you consider well to whom you give yourself seeing that a woman should not love but after her own kind and for one such as you are this may well be a hard thing to compass for the half of your heart is with the fairy and the half of your days you live in a land that is no land of men and of that land i also have had knowledge for i was some while there in my maidenhood and though i came never there again yet have i remembered it in my dreams and i know this that few men find the way thereto yet will a maiden think as i also thought to take a man for lord and lover and to bring him in thither but the magic of it is not so for every man must win there by his own desire choose then whom you will as your sovereignty but if it may be my daughter before your choice be uttered come you up hither into this that was my chamber wherein also you were born and remember me and how that i spoke with you of that realm that is your heritage so shall your choice be my choice for good fortune or for ill and we too shall not be parted then enya when she heard those words held her mother fast by the hand and bowed her head down upon the pillow beside her and she wept bitterly for the heart of youth cannot bear to hear speak of death and departing and it is no marvel seeing that the darkness is great and the tryst is very far off so it was with enya at her mother's departing for in no long time afterwards that lady's life failed her as in this world and she was gone but sir ogre for all his grief was still the more minded to make for his daughter some marriage of good counsel for he held women to be as it were ships that may fetch and carry well enough but without a master they are blown about and go no whither now came again those knights of whom i spoke before and they were by number a hundred from the first to the last and they loved her all of them not for her lands only but each with such love as he had for her beauty some and some for her sweet voice for oftentimes when she spoke and looked the blood would dance in them that heard her and many there were that came from far countries whereof some sought her for the praise that went abroad of her even to the out isles and some for the renown of her father sir ogre for he was a great knight under shield and a hunter that never knew weariness and thereby he came quickly to his end for he took the river with a horse that was wholly spent so enya was left alone and her loneliness was great for always in her castle of kerioc she saw the faces of them that were otherwhere and at night she had no peace for the crying of the sea-birds and many times she made escape into her realm of alador but there also was loneliness for she had found as yet no soul to dwell with her i speak not of fays for of them there was great plenty 
but they have no comfort in them for they are born of moonlight and not of blood and breath therefore also they are from the beginning without transgression and they know not pain or memory neither do they fear or hope at all and of these enya took no count save that she dwelt often with them and was their lady in aladore but of the knights that were her earthly servants she took much pleasure and perplexity and to one or another of them she came near to have yielded her yet when the time came at every time she held her back for she remembered her mother the lady ailin and the promise that she made to her at her departing and always when she thought of her words she saw that they were true and therewith she remembered a saying of her father and she saw that this also was true as for the most part for he had said of men and women that though they be born of one blood yet they are ever strangers each to other both by kind and by custom and though they sit at one board and lie under one blanket yet they dwell apart all their life days but enya hated that saying in her heart and in her hope she bettered it chapter twelve of the warring of two companies and how ewan did battle for the one of them against the other mark now that which i tell you concerning the lady enya for after the manner of minstrels i tell you both that which she knew herself and that which she knew not first then she knew not for all her magic that this was a man of a strange fortune and as it were born again by the casting away of his possessions nor she knew not yet what her spirit and his spirit had perceived at first sight each of other but she knew in her heart darkly that he was either boon or bane to her for of his coming she had been warned without words as it will happen to those that have the gift and this also darkly that his looking and his speaking were both to her mind whereby she was the more cast down at his breaking from her and again she knew not wherefore he should wish to go yet she could not choose but remember that he seemed to have some great purpose in his going and upon a man's face such purpose will show like beauty so that even out of her pain there grew a sweetness as fruit grows out of the wounding of a tree but ewan thought not at all of her neither darkly nor clearly for he saw the banner upon the top of the bank and under it the two companies fighting and they fought in a green ground before the gate of a city and they that fought to keep the city were all of a likeness armed every one in black armour and their banner was of black with a golden tower upon it but they that strove against them were furnished scantily and piecemeal no two alike save that every man of them had a sword in his hand and upon his body a badge of silver scutcheon with an eagle displayed therein and though the badges were of one fashion yet they were of diverse colours now when ewan came to the top of the bank he saw the companies and the city some deal beyond them and he looked about him to see the boy and saw nothing of him but hard by there was a man there standing the same that had blown upon the horn and beside his feet upon the grass lay two naked swords and as ewan looked towards him he threw down his horn and took up the two swords 
and the one of them he gave into ewan's hand and the other he took by the hilt and without a word said they too began running towards the banner for it was some way from the bank thereto and when they were come there where the banner was ewan saw that the companies had ceased from fighting and were standing apart and they were glad to do so as he guessed by reason that the men of the tower were weary and fordone with the burden of their armour and as for the men of the eagle they were beaten back and there were many of them wounded and some dead men but the battle in this manner standing still there came forth a man of the tower armed at all points and he mocked the men of the eagle for striplings and fools and defied them to fight with him man to man and one down another to come on then when ewan heard those proud words it seemed to him as though the quarrel were his own quarrel and the scorn the scorn of his proper enemy for he looked upon the company of the eagle and saw them as men enduring with weariness and pain but those of the tower he saw not as human flesh but as ironwork of artificers multiplied according to one pattern and without blood or mercy in them and he hated them and the green earth went red before his eyes then again his blood changed and his heart became hard and smooth and cool like the heart of oak and he stooped slowly and took from a dead man the badge that he had worn and made it fast upon him and he threw down his cloak and in his left hand he took the knife that the hermit had given him and in his right hand the sword and he stepped forward until he came within five paces of his enemy and the two companies drew near to watch the fighting and the man of the tower let close his visor and came on and ewan looked at him and saw how he moved him as one that bears a great weight and underprops it warily lest it fall over on this side or on that and he remembered to have moved himself in like manner at the end of day when he was outwearied in the wars and he laughed in his heart at the remembrance for it seemed to him of good counsel and in that moment he saw his enemy make at him to strike and he caught the stroke upon his sword and put it by and ran in upon him as dog runs in upon dog and caught him by the throat and shook him one way with his arms and another with his knee and threw him down upon the ground then the man of the tower rolled heavily in his armour that he might come to his knees and rise again but in his rolling ewan fell upon him and pressed him down so that he grubbled in the earth with his visor as a swine grubbles with his snout and ewan held him so and leaned upon him and he struggled with his legs a little but no long time for his breath left him then ewan found the lace of his helm and with the hermit's knife he cut it to recover him and in the cutting of it he was aware of a great shouting and ramping all about him and he looked up and saw that the men of the eagle had run in upon those of the tower even as he had run in upon his man and had toppled them in like manner and they were prizing them open with their swords whereby in short space they had them all unharnessed and disarmed then ewan got him to his feet and the rest in likewise and they of the eagle gave the banner into ewan's hands and set him in the forefront 
and they marshalled the men of the tower as beaten men behind him and so set forth with shouting towards the city end of part four